At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's going on? And welcome into the Pelicans podcast presented by SeatGeek. It's a game day edition as the Pelicans welcome in the Oklahoma City Thunder. Game one of a three-game homestand for New Orleans, and they are desperately needing a win as they enter tonight's contest at 1-10. in 10. And joining us now is Andrew Schlecht, who covers the Oklahoma City Thunder for the Athletic, as they will be our first opponent tonight on this homestand. Andrew, I appreciate the time. How are you? I'm doing great. Ready, ready for some basketball, man. Yeah, we are too, and I, I know uh, both teams have struggled a little bit here, but Oklahoma City now 3-6 and six through nine games. I know expectations will differ for the Thunder compared to the Pelicans here entering the season, but how would you summarize their performance so far through nine games? Yeah, it's been a bit of a roller coaster. Uh, they started off horrifically. You know, they had that 30-point loss to the Houston Rockets, which – made everybody declare that this could possibly be the worst team of all time. And they had just shot the ball so, so poorly in the first two games that it just, it was unsustainable. Uh, Shea really started off the season really bad, but he's gotten back on track. He's been tremendous uh, in the other seven games. And then, you know, Josh Giddy has been a, a really nice piece for them so far. You know, he's very young, he's 19 years old, but he's contributing at a pretty high level already. So it's been, it's been up and down. They had they beat the Lakers twice, which sounds cool, but LeBron didn't play in either one of those games. So, I mean, we're really like LeBron not sitting out away from them having the same record as Pelicans right now. You know, it's we're not that far away from that being a reality. Now, they compete. You know, they beat the Spurs in a in a really close game the other night here in town, and like they just try hard. Like this team just tries hard and the thing that they're struggling with is just making baskets. So we'll see if we'll see if they can turn that luck around tonight. I know the Pelicans can certainly relate on all fronts uh, with what you just said. And especially, you know, three wins is three wins. I know the Pelicans would be dying for three wins right now if they could do so. So when you talk about this team and what your expectations were, um, is it just you just going in every night, seeing what this young team has in store as far as the young talent surrounding Shea Gilders, Alexander, exactly kind of, what do you look for when watching this team play? Yeah, you kind of hope to see a, a glimpse of the future with some of these young guys. Uh, not only Shea and Josh Giddy, but Jeremiah Robinson Earl, who started four games of the nine so far, has been just a solid contributor. And then you have the wild card of Alexei Pokashevsky coming in off the bench. You just, I mean, you just literally never know what you're going to get. And, you know, Mark Degnault's been really interesting this year with the roster. And he'll even just flat out tell you, like, there is no rotation with this team. So, you, like, Poku started the season, he's getting six minutes a game. And then he got 18 minutes. And then he's back down. And he's back up. Like, it's just all over the map. And guys will play. Like, Teo Maladon played a bunch to start the season and then didn't hardly play at all against the Spurs. You know, there's going to be – they're just trying stuff. They're really just – want to explore the roster as much as possible to see what they have. 
and they're sending guys to the G League. They're going to send other guys to the G League and bring the guys that are there now back. So honestly, what I'm looking for is, do they have anybody that can stick around when they want to try to be good? Which I would guess would be in a couple of years, they'll probably press go with what they want to do with this roster. And it's, is Darius Baisley consistent enough to be a good player? Like, I don't know. Like he's had good games. He's had really horrible games. Um, I think that like for sure right now you can say like Shea, Lou Dort, uh, Giddy, Kenrich Williams, and, and then like maybe it, the list stops there. Like maybe it's Jeremiah Robinson Earl can kind of sneak in there and, and be a guy, you know, Poku is a wild card. So it's really just what young guy sticks. And to me, that's, that's, that's what I look for almost every night. Before we get to Jim Eichenhofer of Pelicans.com, who I failed to introduce at the beginning, so I'll pay the fine <laughs> later on for that, Jim. I apologize. That's, that's going to be a hefty fine as well. It is going to be a hefty fine. I certainly deserve it. But uh, one more from me before I go to – and you mentioned Josh Giddy. I think that's someone I'm really excited to watch tonight. So for those that are not too familiar for him, uh, what, are we, what are we getting to see out of Josh so far? What have you seen out of him through the nine games so far? Yeah, Josh is a really fun prospect. He's – the first thing that you'll notice when he's on the court is he's pretty big. He's, he just turned 19 uh, just a couple of weeks ago and he's six, eight. He's got a pretty good frame. So you can see that he's going to be a pretty big guy. Uh, but the first thing that will pop is his passing. I mean, the guy will whip passes to the corner uh, with either hand with ease. And it's always in the shooting pocket, uh, which is just really, it's unusual for, any guy that's six foot eight in the league to be able to do that outside of LeBron James and a few others, but he does it with such ease and he just makes really smart passes. So that's like the number one thing. He's a little bit further along defensively than what a lot of people thought, which is a good thing. Like he has good enough feet, which is I think a concern for a lot of people. And then the offense is coming along, you know, it's, he's going to have ups and downs. The shot is not, where it needs to be ultimately uh, he's got a little floater that he'll use from time to time he's constantly crashing the offensive glass uh, so that's something that you'll see from him tonight but just an overall really interesting prospect that just understands the game Daniel, I was just going through our podcast rules and I see it's a hundred dollar fine for failing to introduce the other co-hosts but we can negotiate that down to 50 bucks because I know you have a couple of kids that you're going to want to put through college eventually. But that's we, diaper money right now, man. I can't we, afford that. We, we can talk <laughs> about that later, though. Um, okay. Andrew, you, you kind of um, downplayed a little bit um, the, the two games that Oklahoma City has won against the Lakers so far. I, I was kind of joking with Daniel that we actually would prefer to we, we could have spent like 15 minutes on this podcast just kind of talking about your two game series with the Lakers since the yeah. Pelicans have their draft pick next year, kind of replaying the, the play-by-play, going through all the highlights and stuff like that. <laughs> but nonetheless, we appreciate the, uh, the work that the, the Thunder have done so far in, in helping the cause. Um, one, one other thing I wanted to kind of talk to you about was um, to kind of give a little bit of background. I've been following this recently on the Athletic Podcast Network. There's been a bit of a, I don't know if feud is the right word in terms of, the discussion about Oklahoma City's, uh, we, we won't use the word, the T word. I guess I have to, to explain it, tanking. Use it, do it. And uh, That's another I wanted to. I kind of wanted to get an update from you. I guess I should give some background that basically to make a long story short, 
there was a, a, another show on your network that has a lot of issues with Oklahoma City's approach. You and your mm-hmm. co-host on your show kind of pushed back to put it put it gently on that on that notion. So, but I guess my question is, where does that stand right now? Where does the confrontation and the battle between shows stand? Is has there been some kind of uh, you know olive branch extended? Oh, I mean, the minute that we released our show and that they listened to it, they surrendered. It was all over. <laughs> their uh, their arguments were way too flimsy. <laughs> uh, it's it it was really fun honestly i woke up so it was the uh, show called nerder she wrote hosted by dave defore that was released on a friday and we usually don't do a lot of like reacting to like what other shows do we kind of all do our own thing sure and when that when that episode came out they were just being like super feisty about the thunder and how like they're ruining shay's career and like how like this tank is taking too long and mm-hmm. and it was they were just they were just like teeing us up almost way too easily so you know my co-host alex and i just you know we sat down and wrote out and a lot of people had talked about the thunder it wasn't just that show but that sure. that's that was the catalyst certainly that led us to uh, uh going after them but it was, I mean, it's all, all in good fun. It's kind of a nice bit, honestly, um, to, to battle between two pods, but I mean, it was, uh, it was barely a war. I, it started out as a war, but, uh, we were, we, uh, just absolutely demolished them. So, <laughs> so, I mean, basically if you could kind of, I mean, you, you, you and your co-host had quite a, uh, kind of a lengthy bullet point power presentation, PowerPoint presentation on, but if you could kind of lay out what your sentiment is in terms of um, how you see what Oklahoma City is doing and what are some of the reasons why you like, you you understand their approach as far as how they're trying to rebuild right now. Yeah, I think some of the, the issues that people have with the Thunder, like one, people say, like, why, like how long is this going to last? Well, it hasn't been a calendar year since I drafted Poku. And they had to trade up to get him because their draft pick wasn't good enough. I mean, we're just, we, Mm -hmm. it's some of this is also just a symptom of the times that we're in right now. Cause it feels like the bubble was forever ago. Right. It was like barely over a year ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think some of it's that, that we're just in like this, like weird, like almost feels like a time warp where like Mm -hmm. nothing feels right. And then when you say like, oh, this only happened a calendar year ago, it's like, what? So I think that's part of it. Uh, And then certainly there's a a piece of like Shea having to sit out a majority of last season, uh, which I think people just assume that he really wasn't hurt, but he definitely mm-hmm. was. He wanted to play Team Canada, didn't get the chance to do it because he was still rehabbing. So, like, that's a that's a piece of it that people are just like, well, they're just going to shut him down again. Like, I mean, maybe if he gets hurt again, they're going to be super cautious with him because sure. they know they're not making the playoffs, they're not making the play-in. You know, none of those things are going to happen for this team. So trying to push Shea to the limit for what? You know, mm-hmm. like for what? And then some of it's like, well, why don't they use some of their picks to go get some guys so that they can? Well, the problem with that is they could go, they could go make three trades today to be a close to 500 team if they wanted to. Like if that's what they wanted to do, they could probably make it happen. They have enough draft capital that they could overwhelm some teams and get some like nice pieces in. But the Thunder understand that the the only way to get a star 
on their roster is through the draft. A star that's going to stay for any length of time. Because you can't, like they got Shea in a very unusual circumstance where he was still in his rookie scale deal. Like you just can't get those guys. If you if you know a guy's right. going to be a star, you can't get him on the rookie scale deal unless you have Paul George and you right. don't have another Paul George. So the the misunderstanding comes there is like you want them to just be mediocre so they can get the twelfth pick and then be basically in the same spot to start next year. You know they they want to pick in the top five in this next draft. They would like to have Paolo or they like to have you know Chet or somebody like that to join the team and then like the ceiling gets a little bit higher as long as they hit on that guy. So I mean that's just that's the direction they're going. They understand like free agency will never be an option for Oklahoma City. I mean, it, it wasn't an option for them when they had Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. They couldn't get anybody. You know, the best right. free agent they've ever gotten is Nerlens Noel. Mm. Like, Nerlens is nice, but Nerlens is not a, a game-changing player. He's a backup big. <laughs> like, that's what right. they got. Right. So you just can't you can't rely on free agency. And then through trade, I mean, they even saw it with Paul George. Even though he re-signed, like, the guy stayed two years. And mm-hmm. then he was gone. So it's just – it's it's too much of a roll of the dice to be like, okay, well, we'll just go trade for Carl Towns or we'll go trade for Bradley Beal or somebody. And one, those guys aren't available. Two, if you do, do they want to stay here? Uh, it's, I mean, it's more likely that you get a guy to stay here for eight years if you draft them. If mm-hmm. you trade for them, like, does Beal want to live here? I mean, the answer is probably no. Sure. So that's, so that's the approach, and that's why they're doing it. They want to win a championship. You know, that's the stated goal. And if you really want to get there, there one, it's very difficult. And the odds of it actually happening are very low, um, but they're going to try. Sure. Yeah. I think the, the example that you gave of Shea Gildas Alexander with the end of his previous regular season and then into the off season was one of the most textbook cases I, I've seen in terms of media coverage, where the last part of the regular season, everyone from the outside was saying, oh, they must've shut him down because they want to lose games and he's not really mm-hmm. injured. But then when you get to the summer and he's not playing for team Canada, I think a lot of people were like, Oh, wait a minute. He, right. he must actually be injured, but you really, you heard a ton about the part about him not playing for Oklahoma city, but then the part about him not playing for Canada kind of got swept under the rug or kind of wasn't really brought up. So, I mean, for me, yeah. when I heard that he wasn't playing for Canada, it seemed like it was an instant thing of like, there's no way that he sat out, intentionally at the end of Oklahoma city season. But um, you know, that's just, that was just an interesting kind of sequence of events I thought from last mm-hmm. year. Um, mm-hmm. Last thing I wanted to, to, to ask you about was um, so you talked about Shay, obviously um, his development is a huge piece of Oklahoma city going forward. I know it's only been, you know, nine games so far, but what have you seen from him in terms of, you know, again, he's the number one guy. He's on the in the offense and the attack, the player that other teams are kind of focusing on. What have you seen from him in terms of just his development? His, is he making another stride as, as far as individually as a player so far? Yeah, I kind of think so. He had 10 assists against the Spurs the other night, and that's not, that's not really his game. That hasn't been his game, uh, but he didn't have his shot going and he needed to find another way to help create for the team and so he took that upon himself to do that which was pretty impressive because a lot of guys that are just kind of scores you know it's hard for them to just pull out a tennis game and you know help your team win like not only that but help your team win so 
and he wasn't it was it was kind of funny mark degnall talked about that after the game and the the phrase that he used was like that shea wasn't hunting assists uh, which was funny because like the ultimate assist hunter was Russell Westbrook who <laughs> played here for forever. So yeah. it was kind of just, it was kind of funny to hear him say that, but yeah, he wasn't like, he just, he lets the game come to him. He, I think he's second in drives per game uh, in the league. Again, he is constantly trying to get to the hoop. He can get, hit the step back. His sidestep three is looking really, really good this year. Uh, he just he can do just about everything and he's really trying to commit to the defensive end and he's trying to he hasn't quite figured out the balance there with having such a huge load on the offensive end and then trying mm-hmm. to defend on the other end he obviously has the tools to be a good defender he's got really long arms he's like his timing is impeccable but still I think that there's a lot of lapses there for him uh, but offensively he's going to be just an absolute star like I just don't see any way around it. You know, if he can get his free throws up to around, he's at five a game, I think right now, if you can get that up to eight and then you're up to like 25, 26 points per game. Then like you start to become one of those like good scoring guards. So I, th- I think that, you know, the, the Thunder have really loved having him here and he has, I think he's appreciated the, uh, the investment that they've made in him and that they understand kind of who he is and what he can bring to the table. And the Thunder have, you know, made it a point to hand the team to him because they believe in him. Let's wrap up with tonight's game between these two teams. I think it's fair to say that the Pelicans are looking at the Thunder as maybe this is a chance for them to get back on track tonight. But I feel like the Thunder are saying the same thing as this is an opportunity for them to get a win over the Pelicans. What I guess sticks out to you about tonight's matchup, whether it's a certain player matchup, I know, Brandon Ingram and Herb Jones are still questionable to vital pieces to this team right now. Of course, no Zion Williamson, but what sticks out to you about the matchup tonight between these two teams? Yeah, I'm just interested to see how the Thunder defend tonight because they, they started out the Spurs game with like very little physicality, very little effort. And if they play like that, you know, this, I, I always kind of give the nod to the desperate team and the Pelicans are like much more of the desperate team because the Thunder just won two in a row. And I don't, I mean, I just wonder if this young team is going to be kind of feeling themselves a little bit coming into New Orleans, seeing, you know, all the guys that may be out, like if BI doesn't play, I think that's a really big deal. Uh, Cause then it's like Devonte Graham and, you know, Valanciunas I think are, would probably be the guys. And, you know, Valanciunas, if they can get him a lot of touches, he will feast against this team because Derek favors is probably going to start. If it's not him, it's Jeremiah Robinson Earl and he will feast on them. <laughs> he will do whatever he wants against them. So I'm interested to see like how many touches does Valanciunas get? Cause I mean, this could easily be a night where he gets 30, you know, they, if they want to get him 30, they can get him 30. Uh, so to me, it just, I, I almost kind of favor the Pelicans just the, just in the fact that they need a win. Like they need to get a win. And if you look at the schedule, like this is one that you circle, like this is a young Oklahoma city team. They're inexperienced. They don't have a rotation. You know, they like the Pelicans, even without BI can beat this thunder team. Like that can definitely happen. And if they're desperate enough, if they play hard enough, you know, I, I think that they, they could do it, especially with having Valanciunas down there who's just going to eat all night. 
All right, should be a good one. Interesting one tonight from the Smoothie King Center. It's the Pelicans and the Thunder. That's Andrew Schleck, who covers the, the NBA and the Thunder for The Athletic. Andrew, I appreciate the time as always. Thanks, fellas. Yep, absolutely. All right, that'll do it for today's podcast. Again, game tonight at 7 p.m. You can watch it on Valley Sports New Orleans or listen on ESPN New Orleans 100.3 FM or make sure you're there. Tickets at 504-525-POOP. We'll preview the Brooklyn Nets on Friday night. That's when we'll have our next podcast. Until then, for Jim and Andrew, I'm Daniel. Thanks for listening to the Pelicans podcast presented by Seaton.